clap our hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, we love you. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with us as we pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the presence that we feel in this place this morning, oh God. As we continue to worship you this morning, we ask you blessing upon us this morning. Oh God, that you will move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let there be anointing flow, oh God, throughout this rending portion of this service today. Oh God, I pray and ask you to speak to the hearts and the mind of your people this morning. Oh God, bless us today, Lord God. Let your will be done, oh God, as we continue to worship you and praise you, Lord God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. You are great and you are mighty. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. From the rising of the sun, our God is great and is greatly to be praised. Come on, church. Let's just worship the Lord this morning and praise him this morning. Oh, hallelujah.
to be praised. We honor and magnify and praise your name, oh God. Hallelujah. I know great who is coming by faith. I see a miracle.
we put our hope in you. Say you will your provider. I find my victory.
Pastor will uh, share more with you. This afternoon at 1.45, there will be a, uh, a meeting with uh, the audio-visual department. Online congregation, I'm taking a moment to pause. I'm taking a moment because we're all in concentration this very moment. We're praying for a member of the congregation this very moment. And online folks, pray with us. Lord Jesus, you are the healer. Lord Jesus, you are the almighty. Lord Jesus, you are the deliverer, Father God. You created all things. You know all things. Join us this moment, all congregation, to join us in this moment where we pray for one of the brothers, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So, back to announcements. Um, the audiovisual department has a program that they've been running. Uh, monthly, we've been uh, gathering together. There'll be a virtual meeting at 1.45 this afternoon. Those who want to be involved in the sound system, in the video system, as well as being involved with playing or um, singing. Um, if um, you are inclined, please see Brother Scarlett before you leave. Um, but this afternoon, all that are engaged, 1.45 uh, virtual meeting. Um, the end of this week, on Friday... The, the youth will be having their youth rally. It's something that they, uh, they do annually. Uh, Brother Hasker and Sister Hasker have certainly um, filled in all the kids uh, about what's going on. If you're not involved in one of our programs and you want to attend, uh, we absolutely will get you engaged. Um, see us and we'll get you connected with the Haskers for the details. But Friday, this Friday at 7.30 and Saturday at 10 a.m., um, there will be a virtual portion and an, on, um, and an in-person pro uh, process. Um, see Brother Hasker. Um, the relationship series that we've been talking about will um, will take off uh, with the first uh, of a series of uh, meetings on uh, Friday the 5th. That's a couple weeks away. Uh, Friday the 5th, the relationship series for the singles will meet. It'll be here in the, the sanctuary at 8 o'clock. The following day on Saturday the 6th, we'll have our March prayer breakfast. And then the men will also be meeting that day. Uh, North Central Jersey District uh, Men's Ministry will be meeting and uh, we'll be um, gathering at 11 o'clock. I don't know the site yet. We've got a couple of weeks. I'll get the details to you. But, guys, if you'd like to join us, please do. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, everybody. He alone is worthy. Amen. Stacy, come on. You need prayer? Amen. Oh, you didn't need prayer? Okay. I was told you need prayer. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I want you to stand and pray with me. I have a few names that I need to pray for this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Stacy said, no, no, no. Uh, okay. That's all right. Don't, no need to be afraid. Um, we need to pray for um, Wayne Moscow. Amen. Um, that's my granddaughter's grandfather. And so we need to pray for him. He's in the hospital. Um, we need to pray that God touches him in a special way and that he will be healed miraculously. I feel like God wants to do some miracles today. I really do. I really do. I really do. I really feel like God wants to do miracles today. A lot of times we don't get to experience God's miracle because we're either afraid uh, we don't operate in faith. We don't trust God. 
and uh, we miss out on what God can do because there's a way God does things. I know a lot of times we want God to do it the way um, we would like for him to do it. You know, I always talk about Naaman, that um, Naaman was a king and um, um, he, he had leprosy. And, you know, you know, your status is pretty high up there if you're a king. And so the way the prophet of God told him his leper would be cleansed was that he had to go dip in the Jordan River and then his leprosy would be removed. Well, because of his status, he thought that was beneath him, because if you have seen the Jordan River like I have, you can't see the bottom of it because it's just cloudy because it's muddy. And so Naaman is like, I'm not getting into that. Look at me. Don't you see who I am? And guess what? For as long as Naaman did not get into that muddy water in the Jordan, he walked around with leprosy. And then when he got worried and concerned that the leprosy wasn't leaving him, then he finally listened to the prophet of God and went and dipped in the Jordan River. Guess what? The Bible says that his leprosy was gone then. So the bottom line is, God does things in his own way, not the way we want him to. We, 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 we can't, like, you know, uh, manipulate God. We can't, uh, you know, get God to just work it the way we feel comfortable with it. It doesn't work that way. So as long as we remain in our comfort zone, there are some things that we're going to miss out with God on. But if we will step out on faith, amen, then we will see the hand of God. Uh, I, I, I know God wants to do some miracles this morning. And so I, I trust that if somebody would take a step of faith this morning, trust God. If there's something that um, is going on within your body, you don't feel good about it. And you want me to pray, you can come. I'll anoint you with oil and pray for you. And God will heal you this morning. Uh, come on, my friend. Amen. I'm two men. I like this. You know, you know, men don't usually come up when it comes down to this kind of miller. I'm good. Don't talk to me. I'm, I'm all right. And so I got some men. Amen. Tanya Jennings. Okay, Tanya, we got you, Tanya. Amen. So online we have Tanya and my, um, my good friend and family, um, Wayne Moscow. Who? Mr. Gill. So Mr. Gill and Tanya Jennings and Wayne Moscow. Mama Allen, you coming? All right, come on. Hmm? Your fingers? Okay. All right. Don't worry. Don't worry, Mama. We got you. Hold your hand out. Hold your hand out. All right. I feel God want to do a miracle this morning, and I, I'm glad that you all took him up on his um, offer to heal you this morning, and, it's, and, and you'll let God do it. Let's, let, let's pray this morning. Um, we're going to command sickness to leave their bodies. That's what we're going to do. We're going to command sickness to leave their body. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, according to the authority of your word and the power of your name, Jesus, I command your body to be whole and I command sickness to leave your body. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command sickness to leave your body. In the name of Jesus, I command sickness to leave your body. In the name of Jesus Christ, according to the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, I command sickness to leave your body. 
In the name of Jesus, uh, I command sickness to leave your body. In the name of Jesus, I command sickness. In the name of Jesus, to leave your body. By the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, receive your healing right now. Uh, body, be whole, be healed, be strengthened. In the name of Jesus, uh, according to the authority of the word of God and the power of the name. Wayne Moscow, I command your blood pressure to regulate right now by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus and that your body be whole and your body be whole and your body be healed. Tanya, be healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Mr. Gale, I command sickness to leave your body and I pray that you will be whole according to the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Now, let's thank the Lord for healing. Let's thank the Lord for wholeness. Let's thank Him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, thank the Lord today. Amen. I want you to report to me. Keep me, keep me informed of how you feel what God has done that we could testify about the goodness of God. We want to keep track of this and see what the Lord will do. D.D., amen. D.D., we command healing to come into your body in the name of Jesus Christ, according to the authority of the Word of God, by the authority of the Word of God, and the power of the name of Jesus, I command sickness to leave your body, D.D., and that your body will be whole, and that you will be healed miraculously in Jesus' name. Mama Thomas, in the name of Jesus, according to the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Mama Thomas, from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, I command wholeness and healing to come into your body. And I command disease to loose your body. I command sickness to go out from your body that you may be whole right now in Jesus' name. Who? Oh, yes, Pernella McFarlane. Pernella, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray right now for you that God will touch you in a special way and the miraculous work and power of God will heal you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, that God will touch your mind and God will touch your body. And I pray this morning, according to the word of God, the authority of the word and the power of the name, be healed. In Jesus' name. Oh, my God. Oh, hallelujah. Let me know, anybody, as you start feeling better, you just let me know that you're feeling better. Let me know that you feel that something different is going on in your body. We want to testify about the goodness of the Lord. God is great. And greatly to be praised. He's a miracle working God. He's a miracle working God. And faith is the currency that we approach him with. To say God according to your word. Oh God have your way. Hallelujah. Let's thank him one more time. Amen. You may be seated. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is up to something. I've been praying recently. I'm reminded of the book of Mark where the Bible says God will confirm his word with signs following. And when I pray these days, I say, Lord, confirm your word with signs following. And so when we speak the word of God, we ought to look for the signs. When we speak the word of God, we ought to look for signs because it's not us that do what, 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 what needs to be done. It's God that does it. But when we speak his word, he will confirm his word by signs following. Amen. So continue to speak the word of God and just look for his will to be done by signs that he will do in the situation. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I am excited this morning to see baby Madeline Sharp. Where is baby Madeline Sharp? Y'all got a chance to meet the new addition to our church family? Amen. She is so cute, isn't she? You looked at her? She looked like she's happy to be in church. Mom and dad in trouble because you know how it goes. Kids change your life, don't they? And so, you know, she's going to start crying when you, whenever Sunday comes. If you all feel like, ah, this Sunday we can't make it, baby Maddie going to start crying like, nah. and not until you get her in the car and drive her up to church will she be satisfied. Give them trouble, baby Maddie, until they stay in church all the time. <laughs> Amen. But we're so glad to have her. Amen. Um, Michael and Mariah have a beautiful baby. Amen. And we thank God for you all. Thank God for baby Maddie that God gave to them. Amen. And so um, at some point in time, we got to dedicate her unto the Lord. Amen. That puts some more pressure on you all. You know what dedication means. Dedication means you're going to raise her up according to the word of God. So we look forward to that day. But good to see you too. Good to see baby uh, Madeline. And um, we are so glad. Amen. Somebody says offering time. Amen. We're going to do special offering today. Uh-huh. Special offering. Let's do special offering today. Amen. Anybody need a blessing? Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's get your offering in your hand, and we're going to do special offering today. Hallelujah. I want you all to be blessed. I want you to be fully taken care of. So we're going to do our special offering today. And special offering just means we're going to give like any other time, but we're going to declare the word of God as we give today. And so as we declare the word of God as we give, then we will uh, reap what the Bible says that we will reap. So we're going to declare the word of God today as we do. So if you can, stand with me for the word of God. Amen. Brother Scar, you still play now. Yeah, I, I saw you comfortable over there. Like, you know, oh, special offering, I can relax. Uh, no, no, we'll we'll give the special offering and then we'll 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 hear the the instrument of praise. Oh, that trumpet is the instrument of praise. Amen. Every once in a while, you know, Ethan visit us with the instrument of praise. <laughs> every once in a while he visit us. Yeah, every once in a while he visit us. I don't know if his lung can't handle, you know, you know, his dad killing him. Dad killing him. <laughs> An old man putting you to shame, Ethan. That, that's, that ain't good. The old man's lung is so strong. Ethan only can play once every six months or something like that. The old man playing every Sunday. What is going on around here? 
Shauna, you better work that guy out a little bit more so his lungs can get stronger or something so we can get more time with him. Lord, uh, I know, Ethan, you're going to say you, you be singing. So, all right, okay. So maybe not six months, but like, you know, I mean, every, you know, six weeks maybe. You know, uh, <laughs> are we ready to go? You move from the, you move from that side of the room? What, what happened? <laughs> you don't want me looking over there? <laughs> he, he moved from this side of the room to that side of the room thinking I wasn't going to see him. Bro, I can, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you all going to start this already? No, no, Josiah good. I don't, I don't have to worry about it. I know he in school. When he's here, he kills it. I'm not worried about Josiah. Josiah got it on lock. We, Joe, we got you. We're talking about this guy over here that played once every six months. And he's young and supposed to have good lungs. But, but don't start this, Ethan. Um, when a church is small, you can't hide. Don't start now. Don't start developing bad habits already. We haven't gone into our big building, and don't start hiding in the corner now. I need to still see (laughs) y'all. Amen. Our building is coming, church. And so, you know, we're we're just, you know, we got to make sure we're on it. You know, we don't need you all the way in the back because we're going to be saying, come on from the back. Yeah. God has been good to us. We brought Terry Long out yesterday. My good friend that is a church builder and, you know, church building is his, his deal. And he walked through the building. Remember, I said that it wasn't, um, it wasn't, we wasn't going to buy in real good until he comes. Because if he would have came in and says, building not good, it's going to cost you guys this much to renovate and blah, 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 then it just wouldn't have been feasible. But he came in and he was blown away and he thought it was just tremendous and probably some of the better kind of best building. You know, he's seen uh, that that's not being built from ground up. He thinks this building is great condition. He loved the tiles and everything. And he's going through telling us how we can, you know, do everything we need to do in phases, the sanctuary, the kitchen, the fellowship hall, and then the student center. He's saying that's how you develop this thing. And you do it in phase and you'll be ready to go. And so we're looking forward to it, looking forward to being able to more effectively reach our community all around us and the surrounding areas. And God will provide for what is needed. And so we want you to give and be good stewards of your finances. And because you want to be blessed, you want to give so God can work through you and be a blessing so we can get the $1.7 million we need to purchase the property. Don't you worry about it. Don't you get concerned. Just say, God, whatever you need to do in me and through me so I can be a blessing for them to get the building so we can have a really nice church. Because that's what it comes down to. We have two services every Sunday, which we're not um, for, but we do what we have to. Um, we get the building. We only have one service at 1030 and everybody will be able to be there. We'll be able to have our six um, feet distancing, social distancing. And so we can all be there all at once. And you can see everybody again at the same service. And you don't have to worry about you're leaving out and they're coming in and we can't touch and all of this stuff. And, you know, and so we're looking forward to that building. And so just continue to be a good steward, continue to trust God. But it looks like the doors are open thus far. As I said this morning at the 9 a.m. service, but guess what? I am also very transparent and honest about um, doing God's business because I am not going to put this church in any kind of 
you know, bad situation. So if we're moving along and something really um, not good pop up that's going to get in the way of us doing it, we're not going to bend over backwards trying to do something that we can't do. We are just not going to do it. So if it comes to the point where, uh-oh, this is not happening and God doesn't open the door, then we stop right there and says, all right, we're good. So that's how we'll do it, and we'll see what happens. But I believe God wants us to be in that building because so far everything is just working like clockwork. I'm like, okay, Lord. So here's one way that we can be blessed so we can give more to the building fund and we can be a blessing and our finances will be blessed as we lead and be a blessing to our family. So we're doing the special offering this morning. Let's take a look at it. We said statement of faith decree. Thou shall also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light and the light shall shine upon thy ways. That's Job 22, 28. So are you ready to give this morning and declare the will of God for your finances and your family? Are you ready? Amen. So let's declare this together. Are you ready? Let's go. Upon the authority of your word, I have given and it shall be given to me, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. I, we receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, Bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, my whole family saved and walking with God, perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in, I am blessed going out. All that I do will prosper in Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we thank you for providing for us, for making a way for us, for sustaining us. Lord, you have given us health and strength. You have given us, Lord God, all that we can ever need, Lord God. And so today we pray that you will continue to give back, to bless. And, oh God, every word that we've spoken, we declare it in Jesus' name. We pray that as we bring in the tithes and offering into the storehouse, that you will guide us and direct us as to how we can utilize it for the glory and the kingdom of God. We thank you this morning. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. 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 God bless you as the man of God come and minister to us with the trumpet.
Amen. Did you hear that? Thank you so much, Brother Scott. He was playing soprano, alto, and tenor. We need somebody to back the man up. He can't play all three notes, Ethan. Jordan, you might need to learn to play the trumpet, too, so we can have everybody playing their own note. My goodness, have the man playing all the notes. Can somebody help the man out? Mm-mm-mm. I know he is, and I thank God for him, but, you know, they don't realize that God wants to bless them, too. <laughs> God wants to bless them, too, but they don't want to work it out. Uh, you know, he'll take the blessing, but, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Welcome all of you. God is good and he has given us just a wonderful day. Remember, if you feel better, feel like you've been touched by God and you're healed, communicate that to us. Uh, We want God to receive all the praise and all the glory for all that he does. So we thank all of you for just allowing the Lord to work in you and through you and Amen. I believe he's going to do some more things before we close out our service today. If you will just stick with us, God is going to show you something before you leave here today, and hopefully it will change your life, never to be the same again. It's good to be with you. I always appreciate being in the house of the Lord and being able to be with you. We're we're in this together. This is just like we're together. Amen. And, you know, even though I'm the one that's up here ministering, I look at it as look at us. We're together. You know, that's just how I'm thinking. And it's almost like I set me to the side and just let God minister through whoever that guy is. And I'm just a part of everything that's going on. I just enjoy this. I enjoy being around the people of God. I enjoy being in the presence of God. I enjoy hearing the word of God and all of these things. So it's just a wonderful privilege and opportunity that God has made us a part of his church and his Jesus is coming back church Jesus is coming back and while we you know uh, get together to worship and praise him get together to hear the word of God this is all for a purpose we're going somewhere you know we're not just doing this because it's the you know the popular thing to do we're doing this because we're going someplace. We're going to fulfill our destiny that God has, you know, uh, command us to fulfill. And so that's that's what's going on here. So let's do something with what we receive from the Lord and what God does. Let's do something with it and not just think that's just the routine that we're going to forever follow. But this routine will change one day. If you have your Bibles or you want to look on on the big screen with us this morning, you can stand and turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to read 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8, 8 through 16. If you can't stand, if you have trouble with your body in any way, I mean, you don't have to stand. Please don't. Um, But if you can, then stand and and, um, read with us. Um, We stand in respect for the reading of God's word. Um, and you know my um, example that I always give, and that is when you go to a courthouse or you go to a special place, whenever the, 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 the authority of that place walks in, we stand and give respect. And so God's word is, it represents his presence, okay? 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it's our tradition that when we read the first portion of Scripture, we normally stand for that. When we read other portions of scriptures as the service go along, we don't stand for that. But the very first portions of scriptures we read, we stand and acknowledge that this is the word of the Lord. So 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 8, we'll read verse 8 through 16. The Bible says, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon. And dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. God told his prophet, he has commanded a widow woman to sustain him. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise, And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first. I just got to bring that to our attention to show us how God does things so different from us, and we go around saying all these crazy things that God is just shaking his hand. I don't know why they want me to come to church and give an offering. Nobody don't look like they need anything in there. Everybody look like they're doing fine. And that preacher, you know, he got nice stuff. Why he need me to give my offering? That's my hard-earned money. And so we say these things and think it makes sense. And I just smile because this woman had one meal left. There was a famine in the land. One meal. And what she's saying is this one meal is for me and my son. And you know how the mothers feel about their son. And she said, all I have, one meal for me and my son, we're going to eat it and die. And the man of God said, okay. Go ahead and do what you are going to do. However, I need something out of that. And you got to give me mine first. Boy, I don't need to preach no more for the rest of the day on that. Just leave that right there. Let it hang out there. Just let it hang out there. Because it makes no sense. And and, and that kind of talk is the kind of thing that will make you say, I'm done with God. I'm done with church. And I'm done with all that stuff. Because how in the world I've got my only meal to eat for me and my son. You know there's a famine in the land. I have no money to go and buy anything else. And you want me to give you first? Oh, you must be out of your mind, dude. Get out of here. I don't care how much God you know. I don't care who the God is that sent you. You're not getting this. This is me and my son. That's our mentality. That's our mentality. That's how we operate. 
And that's why a lot of us struggle with church. And that's why a lot of us struggle with the way God is trying to do things that we can't get ahead. Because what God is saying, we start to reason it. Oh, no, man. Something not right. And so you got to, you need to get it a different way so it makes sense to you. We want God's word to make sense to us. But it's not our words. It's the word of God. It's not always going to make sense to us, but it's the word of God. And so we do what the creator says do. We'll be fine. But if you want to keep on contemplating it and don't make a move until it makes sense to you, you're going to miss out on a lot. Not moving until it makes sense. Not doing until it makes sense. That's our mentality for the most part, many of us. And we're missing out on the glorious blessings and power of God in our lives because it got to make sense to us. And if it doesn't make sense, we're not doing it. The prophet of God told the woman, mind first. I know that's your last meal for you and your son. Mind first. Verse 14. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of the man of God. Somebody got some sense around here. Somebody that said, I'm not reasoning with my logic. I'm not reasoning with what makes sense. If the man of God says it and the man of God is in connection with God, he is, he is communing with God. If the man of God says it, I am going to do it. Can I tell you a secret? If you sincerely do what I tell you to do, even if I'm wrong, God will make it work out for you. Because you're doing it with the mindset that that's a man of God. That's why you're doing it. You're doing it with the mindset that that, that's a man of God up there speaking God's word. And so if that's a man of God speaking God's word, I'm going to do what he says. And God will honor you just because you're doing it out of the mindset of I'm listening to God's word. I learned that over the years. And when you listen to when you when you when you listen to the man of God and you sincerely take it in your heart to say, this is God speaking through him. God will not let you down. Regardless of what that man is saying, God will not let you down because God understand that you're doing it because you're doing it because you trust and believe in the word of God. So it doesn't even make sense to saying, that don't sound right. I'm not doing that. You're just cutting off all your blessings by saying that. You're cutting off all your blessings when you don't respond to the word of God. Because if you respond to the word of God in faith and obedience and just trust that it's the word of God, oh, God is going to just pour out. Well, let's look what happened here. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. See what the Bible says? The saying of Elijah. The saying of Elijah. Elijah was speaking God's word, but he said it. God didn't say it directly to her. Elijah said it. Was it God's words? Yes. But Elijah said it. And she and he, meaning the widow and Elijah, 
and her son did eat many days. She was only going to eat for one day when it was hers. She was only going to eat for one day when it was all mine. All mine. Nobody gets this. This is all mine. I worked hard for it. I don't have no husband anymore. Nobody takes care of me. I'm poor. I have nothing. This is all mine. I'm going to have mine and not worry about anybody else and let me eat it. She could have did that, but she would have died. She would have died. And when she listened to the prophet of God, the man of God, and give him first, she didn't bake the cake, cut it in half or three quarters and say, this is for me and my son. Now let me give you your portion, dude. Now what she did, she gave him a portion that she baked first for him. Boom. His was, here's yours. Verse 16, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, there's miracles just in our midst right now that you are just waiting to show us. Ah. And, oh, God, we thank you for your word today, Lord God. We trust in you, Lord God. Our trust is not in man. Our trust is in you, but we know you use men and women to do your will. And so today, Lord, we put our complete confidence in you. And whatever your word says, that's what we will do. I pray that you will increase our faith and you will manifest your power and we will leave this place changed according to the will of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Thank you for standing and reading with me. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today on this topic. God will supply your need. God will supply your need. God will supply your need. God created you in his image. And since God created you in his own image, certainly he knows why he created you. Did you ever stop to think about that? God created you in his own image. And certainly he knows why he created you. Let me mess with my son and my daughter-in-law for a second. They're on their second child. And one of the reasons why the second child is here is because they looked at the time the first child was born and the time that they are living. And they're saying, I don't want the second child and the first child to be a real disparaging age. I don't want them to be so distant. So if we're going to have any more kids, we need to do it now so the kids are not so far apart in age. They have a reason why they're working on that plan. Right? I want to buy a house. It has to look this way, but it has to be in this community. You know why you are doing that. I'm going to marry so-and-so because you know why you're doing it. And so 
How ignorant would we be if we that don't compare to God have reasons and purpose for why we do things? What do you think about God? Why do you think God created us in his own image? He has a purpose. There's a reason why God created us. And we need to understand why God created us. So let's not think that happenstance or God wasn't paying attention and somehow we just existed. So what has God revealed to us as to the purpose of our life, your life, my life, and everybody else's life? What has God revealed to us as to why he created us? The answer, God has revealed to us that the purpose for all of us being created is so we can know him. I never get a good response to that, Shauna. Shauna, I never get a good response to that. When I say our purpose, our very first purpose is to know God. I never get a good response. You know why? Because we always have some grandiose thoughts about purpose. Because in our mind, purpose begins to compete. I thank God that I know him. I really do. Because, man, I'll be in this rat race of this world trying to compete, whether in my mind or outwardly competing all the time. But when you understand who he is, when you come to know who he is, then you realize all of us, not one of us is different. All of us. The reason why we were created was so we can know God first. Listen to me. In order to be effective in fulfilling all what you would call your purposes, I'm just letting you go with that just for argument's sake. In order for you to fulfill all your goals and all of what you're trying to accomplish, the most effective and successful way to get them done is to know God first. Does God knows everything? Does God know everything? If he's all knowing, why would I try to figure everything else out on my own when I can go to the source? So does it make sense to first know him so I can understand everything else? But we don't do that. We start trying to figure out everything else. And then when we get into jams and situations and things are not working out, then we go to church. Or do we do or then we say our little prayer, God, I know I'm in trouble now, but if you will get me out, I promise I won't do this anymore. We get to that point instead of just starting out with knowing God. Mm-hmm. And so God created us so we can know him. Now, I've been saying this on our Thursday night Bible study for a minute, but here is one of the reason why that's important. God always existed. We didn't always exist. So there was a time where we didn't exist. Obviously, God is existing, 
But what, what good was God existing when nothing else exists? Somebody answer that. Let me see how smart you are. Tell me what you think is, give me a good answer as to when nothing exists, but God always exists. Tell me what good was God then? Well, what good was he? What was he serving? What purpose was he serving when he exists, and he always did, but nothing else exists? What good purpose was he serving? I know that sounds like blasphemy. I'm just trying to bring a point out. Right, Lord? I'm just trying to let them know. What good was that? Zero, zilch, no good, made no sense. So he says, I'm going to justify my existence. And what I will do, will I will make people like me that can reason, that are intelligent, that can understand. And so he made people like him. And now when he created us, he says, your first order of business is to know me. Uh-huh. And when you come to know God, you will come to know and understand so much more. Right? And so when you come to know God and you know who he is, guess what you also do? You now begin to justify why God really exists. Ooh, that sounds crazy. We justify why God exists? That's heavy. You ain't going to go too many places and hear what I'm telling you. Because we all want to say, oh, you know, the loving God. I used to say this, that God is love, and how else can he demonstrate his love except for people being here? That's what I used to say, and that sounds pretty good. But here's the deal. Whether we came on the scene or not, he was still love. <laughs> so, so, so whether we were created or not, because he's God, he's love. So we didn't have to come on the scene to prove he's love. He was love. But what's effective is he meant no good. He was useless if he just existed and nothing else exists. So he says, I'm going to create a people. And when they come to know me, because I'm everything, then they will realize who I am and their potential. Because when you know God, you will understand your potential somewhat. That's why we're here today. And we're running around trying to do everything we want to do and not put our eye on the almighty God, Jesus Christ, realizing that's why we really existed so we can know him and that everything that we do, we can be effective and fulfill it and, and, and do what's right and pleasing unto him because in him does all things consist. You were created to God. You were created to know God. You were created to not just know him, but learn his ways and understand him. I wonder if God is speaking to many of us today, directing us and teaching us. But because we don't know him, because we don't reverence him, because we don't understand his ways and we're not communing with him in prayer, we are therefore unaware of what he's doing. And so because we're unaware of what he's doing, we just go off and do what we want to do because in our mind, what, what, what is God doing anyway? 
but you don't know what God is doing because you never tried to know him. And so because you never tried to know him, you can't see or hear or understand what he's doing. So you just go on and do your own thing. And so we have a lot of people who are doing their own thing because they never stop to know God. Why are you talking about this preacher? I thought you were talking about Elijah. I am. But Elijah knew God. And because Elijah knew God, he understood his purpose further than knowing God. And so if we're going to know God, we can be the modern day Elijah's of the world. Because when you know God, you will begin to understand his ways and he will begin to reveal things to you. And you will begin to accomplish his will for your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the brook, Kirith, it's spelled C-H-E-R-I-T-H, but it's pronounced Kirith, Elijah had safely, or should I say, Elijah had safety and sustenance by that brook. Until it dried up, the brook provided water, and each morning and evening, the ravens, brought him bread and meat. God allowed the birds to help feed Elijah. That sounds like strange foreign language to us, but God did it. Whether you believe it or not, God did it. God was the one who sent Elijah to the brook to begin with where he was taken care of, but the day came when the brook dried up which was God's way of letting Elijah know it's time to move on. It's time to move on. And God has done things in our lives that we have become accustomed to and we're enjoying and we've become comfortable in. And God is saying today, it's time to move on. It's time to go forward. It's time to go to the next place. I hope you're not comfortable where you are today. I know you have been comfortable in the space that you've been in for a while, but I've been sent here by God to tell you it's time to move on. It's time to move forward. You have had enough where you are. It's time to move forward. Mm-hmm. 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 The brook dried up. Mm-hmm. And God says, time to move on. That way of supplying Elijah's need had come to an end. And a lot of times we don't want to move on because we're saying, well, God's been doing this for a long time this way, so I'm not moving. And that's why God has to cause some things to start happening to say, oh, no, you're not. Okay, I'll show you that you will. What you've been relying on, what you have been, been dependent on, I'll cut it off. Mm-hmm. God has to allow some not so nice things to come into our life to get us out of our comfort zone. Sometimes the things that are happening in our life, we think it's the devil. We blame people for doing us wrong and all sort of things. We think it's just somebody doing something to us and we never stop to think 
maybe God is trying to get you to move forward and move on from where you have become accustomed to and comfortable at. And God wants to move you forward and you're blaming on the devil and you're blaming people and all God is saying is time to move forward in me. Some of us, God has revealed himself to us through different circumstances that we've experienced. And so none of us have have experienced every single way of God revealing himself to us. And so God's desire is is to get us to know him deeper and deeper. God's desire is for us to know him like we've never known him. And so what he does is he brings us into a lot of different situations and allow us to experience him in different ways. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So the deal is you might know God today as provider because everything you need, somehow it was always there for you. But you never knew him as a deliverer. Meaning you were never caught in a situation where you couldn't get out. So what God has to do is allow you to be caught in a situation where you can't get out on your own. And so now you're going to say, God, you've always provided, but now I need you to deliver. And when God shows up and deliver you, then guess what? You know God as a provider and you know God as a deliverer. That's two ways you now know God as opposed to one way. And so God is constantly revealing himself to us in different ways so we can know him better and better and better. But a lot of times we only want to know him one way. And the only way we want to know God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. All we want for God to do is just keep providing, keep providing, keep providing. And we never want to know him no other way. And God is saying, that's all you think I'm good for? That's all you think I'm good for? That's all you think I can do? Just just keep providing. That's all you think I can do? And so he wants us to know him in different ways. The will of God will never lead us where the grace of God cannot keep us and care for us. So when God is stirring you up and trying to get you out of your comfort zone, it means God has a plan and God will take care of you if you follow his plan. If you stay in his will, it means God will take care of you when you stay in his plan. But here is the problem. We go in the ways that we want and do how we want to do and then we want God to still take care of us. Where does that happen? For those of you that have raised grown kids or are raising grown raising kids to be grown up now, you tell me when they start disrespecting and not listening to you if you still do the same. You tell me if you do that. So why are we expecting God to keep providing and keep taking care of us when we're doing our own thing? Why? Why? A lot of us are on our own and thinking God is taking care of me. Not even going to make them any wiser. You're on your own. But guess what? The day will come when you're going to realize you're on your own. 
because there's going to come a situation where you're going to think, why isn't God showing up? Why isn't God doing something for me? Because you've been on your own and you don't even realize it because you just was doing whatever you want and fooled yourself to think God is going to be there for you no matter what. That's what people do. God's going to be there for me no matter what. He's a loving God. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Uh, all things work together for good to them that love God. We want to think all things work together for everybody. No, he says to them that love God. And love don't mean, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. When I say I love you, I'm going to sacrifice whatever is required to sacrifice to do what's good for you. That's what I, that's what I do when I say I love you. I just don't give you lip service. Right? Who tell their children? You know I love you, but you never buy them any clothes. Who tell your children, you know I love you, but you got to cook your own food. You know I love you. Nobody does that. When we say we love, we sacrifice to make sure the person who we love is being taken care of. So why would we think we love God and we're not sacrificing to make sure we please him, but we jump out and quickly say, you know I love God. And then he doesn't show up in our situation and we get mad when all it really came down to. He was never really in your situation because you were doing your own thing because you never stopped to find out to know him so you can know what he's requiring. So you can walk in his will and in his purpose. This might be too hard. This is hard preaching, huh? But I, I but I, I'm preaching about God will supply your need. So, so this is supposed to be good, right? Elijah lived at Kirith probably a year and then God told him to leave. God's instruction may have shocked the prophet for the Lord commanded him to travel northeast about a hundred miles to the Phoenician city of Zarephath. God was sending Elijah into Gentile territory. Huh. And since Zarephath was not too far from Jezebel's home city of Sidon, he would be living in enemy's territory. God was hiding Elijah right amongst his enemies. There's so much in God's word. God hides us in plain sight. You want some word for it? You know, I'm going to give you some word for it. You remember the wheat and the tear? The wheat was growing. And then some evil person went and sowed the tares among the wheat. And then the gardener says, oh, what's going on here? We got tares among our wheat. We need to get these tares out of the wheat so we can keep growing the wheat. And the Lord said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Leave it and let them grow together. So the bottom line is God is always that. Another principle of God. Another principle. He's not going to take you away from the troubles. Another principle of God. He allowed challenges all around you so he can show forth his power and his glory in your life. So don't beg God, God, get this out of my life. God, remove this. Let God do what he's going to do because God allows some things to be around you to challenge you. 
to make you rely on him and not on yourself. And that's why he allows some things to take place in your life. We got to stop trying to get God to make our life comfortable. I told him this morning, living for God, you got to make it almost like, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a interesting, intriguing life. It's, it, it's like if you like to have fun, if you like to ride a roller coaster, you, you like to do things that are interesting. I like to do things that are interesting where I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. But you know what? Let me try it out and see what it's all about. Uh-huh. I like to do that. Well, I'm telling you, if that's how you think, Mariah, you want to keep on trying Jesus uh, and keep living for Jesus uh, because it's very interesting. Uh, you don't have the answers. Uh, you can't predict the twists and turns uh, and what will happen and not happen. Uh, but what you do know is uh, at the end of it all, uh, he will bring you through uh, and you will be victorious because God will supply your need. There is not a need that you have uh, that God cannot supply Woo. Woo. look at this thing everybody stop letting it get you down you gotta look at it to say okay this situation is challenging okay I'm going through a hard time but boy oh boy it's gonna be so much fun it's gonna be such a celebratory moment when God bring me through and I can look back and say wow look what the Lord has done Listen to me, church. You can't never really appreciate something unless there's some struggle involved. I said, when we get to our new building, it's going to be so bittersweet. I'm going to miss this place because I'm going to remember the Sundays where we all stood around, our leaders stood around in the kitchen in there, can barely fit before Corona can barely fit and we're trying to go through the order of service you know and we're trying to figure it out figure it out and then pray together and we can barely fit in there we're sideways and you know some days we can't fit then somebody's on the door holding the door because if we don't hold the door we're just gonna fall out because it's too packed in there and i'm looking at all this stuff and i'm saying the day when the day come and god provide us a new building guess what we'll be able to appreciate it because we realize uh, that we were in a little space that we could barely do anything uh, but if we never experienced this we couldn't appreciate that. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise the challenges you have in your life. Don't despise the hurt and the pain. Sometimes those are the things that allow you to experience happiness and celebrate the goodness of God because you went through those things. I remember when my oldest... Oh, boy, poor thing. And the youngest trying to do the same thing. I remember when my oldest, everything he planned, he wanted it to be just awesome. And I had to start saying, I said, son, you got to save some things when you get married. You got to save it. Like, like, yo, if you try to do all of this stuff while you're 17 and 16 and, you know, 18, when you get older, what are you going to have to do in life? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, slow it down, dude. Stop trying to do all of this stuff. You want to leave some stuff for when you get older. So I'm saying that to say, young people, 
just just live life for God. Don't don't worry about trying to make everything be a big bang. Just 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 live life for God and let it just go in the way that it's supposed to go. Let it take the steps it's supposed to step. Don't overstep any steps. Just go with the flow. Let God do what he's going to do so you can enjoy and celebrate and experience great success and be pleased because of how it went. God is good. And so the Lord commanded him to go into the Gentile place where he was hiding among the people that wanted to get him. God is something. Mm -hmm. Even more, he was instructed to live with a widow who God had selected to care for him. God sent the man of God to a widow. Watch this. And widows were usually among the neediest and poorest people in those times. Because the husband, of course, took care of everything. He was a breadwinner. And so if the husband died, there was nothing there. Widow had some challenges. And God sent this prophet to go with the widow. What can she do for him? (laughs) But hang on. Don't leave me. You want to hear something interesting? The word of God that we read earlier in the text, it said that God commanded a widow to sustain Elijah. But you didn't read anything among that where you saw that God had actually spoken to the widow lady. So how did the widow lady know how to respond to God's prophet? How did the widow lady know how to respond to God's prophet when we never read anything that God actually spoke to her, that God actually commanded her? So again, we learn a little bit more about God, that God know how to move on people's heart, that God knows how to touch people's heart. That God know how to put influential thinking in people's mind to get them to behave or respond a certain way. And the way how he does it is because why? Only God can do that. Why? Because God knows your thinking. Harden Pharaoh's heart. All these things. He can only do it. This is the only reason why God alone can do it. Nobody else can. He knows your thinking. So he knows if I influence you, Because your heart is set a certain way. I know you'll go and do that. So he knows how to get you to go in the way he needs you to go because he knows you and how you think and how you process. So that's why God can get any of us to respond even if he doesn't speak to us because he knows our ways. Are we trying to learn the ways of God? You see, we're back to that. See, we're back to that. He knows everything about us. He knows our ways. The question is, are we trying to learn his ways? God frequently changes his means of supplying our need that we may keep our eyes and hearts fixed on the source rather than the resource. Say it again. 
God frequently changes his means of supplying our need that we may keep our eyes and hearts fixed on the source and not the resource. God is the source, not the resource. And we have a bad habit of whatever the resource is, that's what we get caught up in. And God is trying to get us to understand, I am the one that make the resources possible. And without me allowing the resources to come, there is no resource. But you all get caught up in the resource instead of getting caught up in the source, who is Almighty God, Jesus Christ himself. That's who he wants us to be caught up in, is him and not the resources. You hear me say it all the time, that God struggled with, he doesn't literally struggle, but you know what I'm saying, um, how he blesses us with material things. That's the big, I can't even say that. You know what I mean, Lord. I was going to say that's a big challenge, but I can't even say that. But he knows what I mean. That because we like to get caught up in the, the material thing, the, the tangible thing, that when God wants to do something for us, it's such, you know, because if he does it, we, we get caught up in the thing and forget what happened, how it got here. So whether it's a great marriage, you want to marry the, 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 the dream of your life, whether it's your dream house, whether it's your beautiful baby, whatever it is that you love so much, your nice car, and a lot of us got nice cars in here, whatever it is that we enjoy so much, you know, a, a great education from one of the best institutions, whatever it is that we dreamed of that we like so much, when we have it, it tend to make us stop looking at Jesus. We are more focused on that thing that we have, and we're not focused on him. So what he does is he changes up the game a lot. He changes up the way how he gives you things. He changes up how he supply your need so you will come to the place of realizing it's him that's doing it and it's not me that's doing it. And it's not about the stuff. It's about him. This is why Mariah and Michael, we're going to dedicate the beautiful um, Madeline. Madeline. The beautiful Madeline. We're going to dedicate her. Because what God is saying to you is, I gave her to you. That's what I'm saying. God has this thing laid out so we will always look at him. Get our hearts fixed on him. He said, I, I gave that to you. Gave her to you. Make no mistake about it. And so, wow, Michael being the great dad and loving his baby girl, because he's not like a baby girl, Michael, and loving his baby girl. And uh, Mom, just get ready for it. Just get ready for it. She's going to be giving you back looks and running to her dad and having good conversation with her dad to the side. And you're going to be wondering, what is she talking about with him in there? That's just her and her dad. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> and so, and so we, we, we have this, but God is saying, I want you to remember. I gave it to you. So dedicate her to me, and I will make sure she's kept. I'll make sure she's always blessed. I will make sure she's always provided for. I will make sure she's protected because I gave her to you, and you got to realize that. It's all about him, church. Taylor, it's all about him. 
It's all about us knowing him and living for him. It's all about him. It's how he does things. It's not about us. Come get me. I'm going to close. Elijah was sent by God to what seemed to be the most dangerous of all places, to the territory of Jezebel's father, what seemed like the most unlikely place to take shelter and safety, God said, not so. It is the best place to take shelter and safety. Listen, one can only follow Jesus by faith and faith alone. Because Jesus is so different from us, he does things so opposite of us, that if we follow him by our reasoning, by our intellect, by our understanding, by our way of doing things, we will never follow him because we will say, that's bogus. That's crazy. I'm not doing that. And I have, we have proof. Because you lie if you put your hand up. If you were that widow woman, you would have never gave the prophet the cake first. If you say anything different, you're lying. Especially the mother. The mother, especially. Ain't no mother, her and her boy, by themselves. One last meal, right, Miss Joy? You're not, you're, not, you're not giving the prophet. You say, prophet, I appreciate you. You're a nice man, and I pray that you pray for me and everything, prophet. But prophet, this is me and my boy, and this is our last meal. And prophet, I'm not even going to see tomorrow. So prophet, whatever happens doesn't really matter, because when I eat this cake, I'm going to die anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I'm sorry if I offended you, prophet, but this is just for me and my boy. You can't get any more. You, you can't get any. And that's what most of us would have done. So I want you to remember this today to say God's ways are not ours. And in order for us to be successful and victorious, we have to start looking at the ways of God and respond to the ways of God in faith. Because that's how we're going to see the miraculous power of God because we have to respond in faith because God just does things differently from us. The hostess whom the Lord had chosen to supply Elijah's need and care for him was a widow who only had one meal just for herself and her child. That's all she had. When Elijah met her and asked her for some bread, she told him she only had ingredients enough to make one meal for her and her son. I wonder why Elijah didn't second guess, is the Lord crazy? Why did he send me to this poor widow woman? But Elijah knew God, and Elijah knew the ways of God. So he didn't show up and say, oh, Lord, I'm hungry. I need to eat. And you telling me God sent me to this broke widow woman that have nothing? He, he, he didn't say that because he knew God. Elijah knew God, and that's the point why I say our first responsibility as people is to know God, because everything will proceed from that that will cause your life to be blessed and successful. Those who act on God's promises will surely experience God's revelation and God's truth. A whole lot of people still are not receiving revelation from God and still not receiving the truth of God because they're not acting in obedience, in faith. 
in the word of God. So whatever you're reading, whatever you're hearing preach, are you responding to that in faith? Are you responding to that in obedience? Because if you're not, you won't receive revelation. You won't receive truth to understand what God is doing. That widow woman tithed on her last meal and received a thousandfold return. That was a principle that God was showing us. He shows us so much in these little bit of passages. And what he showed us in there was that when you give the Lord first and then you come after, God will bless you thousandfolds. But we have this mindset. You know how hard I work? And this pandemic stuff, I'm working even more now. When I was going into the office, I really only gave them eight hours. Pandemic, I'm giving them 10 hours. You know how hard I've been working? And you want me to go talking about I'm giving tithe to the church, the first thing, first fruit of my thing? I don't know about all that, church. Hey, y'all y'all don't understand. My job drives me crazy. And you want me to give the church my, 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 my the first 10% of my stuff? I don't know about all that. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If that's how you think, you will always just have what you got. If that's how you think, you will always just have what you got. And I heard somebody say, well, that's all I need. Okay, for now, for now, for now, for now. You think that's all you need for now. But you will see that's not the only thing that, that consists of life. That's not the only thing that, that, that life consists of. And so while you might be all right financially, that's all good. But here I'm telling you, there's other things that happens to us. And you're going to have to call on the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Ah! It don't matter how much you think you are comfortable in doing all right. At some point in time, God is going to rattle your cage. So you're going to have to call on him, not because he's trying to be mean, not because he's trying to hurt you, but because he wants what's best for you. And you don't know what's best for you until you turn to the Lord and call on him. That's when you will know what's best for you. I'm finished. God will supply your need. The widow didn't know God like Elijah did. But somehow she trusted the man of God and did what he said. I told the church this morning that I am telling you a truth. That when you come to know God, you will understand this. The man of God that stands before you today. I can make mistakes. I could misunderstand God. But whatever I speak from this sacred desk to you, and you sincerely receive it and obey it, God will bless you whether I was right or I was wrong. That's the secret that you better hold on to today. That once you receive God's word in all sincerity, because you believe I'm a man of God and I'm preaching the word of God. When you receive that word with sincerity like that, whether or not I was accurate or not, God will bless you because you did your part 
I didn't do my part, but you did your part. And God don't penalize nobody for doing what they're supposed to do. You can't lose, church. That's what I'm, I guess if you missed it, I'm telling you, you can't lose when you come to church and do what you're supposed to do. You can't lose, Tony, when you come and you do what God says, whether it's worship, whether it's praise, whether it's obeying the word of God, whether it's exercising your faith. You can't lose because God will not allow you to lose because you are believing and trusting God and obeying him by faith. God will produce in your life because of you and your faith in God. Listen, I study the ways of God so much that I'll go as far as to tell you this. And if I keep on making error in God's word and not doing what I'm supposed to do, he removes me. It might not be as quick as you want, but he will. Give me scripture, preacher. Moses. I would never be as popular as Moses. Moses. I would never be beloved as Moses. But when Moses started sending the wrong signals to God's people, <laughs> the Bible says when dude died, he was still strong. He could still see. And God buried him. So I'm just letting you know, that's how much you need to have confidence in God to know that nobody can mess up your flow with God. Nobody. Only you can mess up your flow with God. If you do what you're supposed to do, you will be fine. Nobody can mess up your flow with God. Only you. Not me. Not your neighbor. Not your spouse. Not your children. Not your neighbor. Only you can mess up your flow with Jesus Christ. Only you. So do what God wants you to do and you will see the glory and the blessings and the miracles of God in your life. Nobody. 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 And sometimes you'll think the people closest to you, they like the devil because you're trying to get your way with God. And it's like they're just always coming against you. It's like they're always challenging you. It's like they're always making it more difficult. But church, I'm hearing from the Lord and I'm telling you, when people start to make your situation, your life with God more challenging, you ought to just dig down. Oh, that's what you're trying to do? I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. And I'm going to give so much more because that's really what God is trying to get you to do. God is trying to get you to know him in a way you don't know him. So when people are a hindrance and people are getting in your way with you trying to live for God and know God and follow God, you don't treat them bad. You just give a whole lot more of yourself to God. All right, I preached enough for now. All right. Elijah, the Lord caused Elijah to go to this widow woman that we've been talking about. It was God's will that he go to her and nobody else. And the reason why it was God's will that he go to her and nobody else, Michael, is this. God knew the response that she would have toward the word of God and the man of God. And God wanted to bless her because he knew her heart. She wasn't saved at the time, but God knew her heart. 
Case in point, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Remember, at that time, there was a whole lot of virgin girls in that city at that time. Why did he choose that Mary? Because God knows hearts. God knows what you're going to respond to, how you're going to respond. So God will choose to do certain things in our lives knowing how we will respond to them. So this widow woman, he knew she would respond to the prophet favorably, even though she had one meal, because he knew her heart. Maybe somebody in here had that heart. I don't know. Maybe you do. But God knew. And so that's why he chose that widow woman as opposed to any other widow woman. And guess what? It was so powerful that Jesus talked about this. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 25. I'm closing up. But I tell you of a truth. This is Jesus talking. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. Elijah. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months. When great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent. Many widows were there. But God didn't send Elijah to any of them, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. That was intentional. That wasn't like, oh, widow, Elijah, go to that widow over there. No. It was intentional. He wanted her to go to a specific widow because God ordained it because he knew her heart. He knew her heart, and he wanted Elijah, the man of God, to go to her, and he did. And let me tell you this. Elijah was already saved. Yes, God was hiding Elijah, but can I tell you something else that you may have overlooked in all of this? Listen to me. We're trying to purchase a building for $1.7 million. It's bigger than us. I don't think any of us have $1.7 million because I have so much confidence in you that I think if you had $1.7 million, you would give it to us or give us close to it so we can go buy the building so we all can be in a bigger place. So we don't have it. But here is how good God is. God understand the principles of how, if you don't have, how you're going to have. If a rich person come and offer us $1.7 million, I'll say, hey, you know, I can write this off. Where do you want me, who do you want me to write this check out to? Christ Center Church. All right. And he write it out. We sign it. Boop, drop it in the bank. Three days, we see $1.7 million in the account. That rich person. He gets blessed by God. So his business just keeps flourishing. He just, he, he just got richer. Because God has to honor his word by saying, I will bless them that bless you. And we're children of God, so whoever bless us, Lord, they just blessed. So if a rich person come and give us big money, that's cool, we'll take it. But all they, is, all they will be is just continue to be rich. And all of us that are poor, we stay poor. But if. Us that don't have anything decide God moves on our heart and we're like responding in obedience and in faith 
and we take our life saving 500,000 and say, I want to write this church a check for 500,000. Now, you and I, we're looking around like, I know this woman don't have no 5,000, 500,000. And if she do, why would she want to give it to the church? She have family. We don't want it. Can't do it. Because God designed for that woman to be rich. Oh, man, y'all not hearing me. <laughs> You, 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 you thinking I can't take her money because she this is all she's got. And God is saying, I want to give her a thousandfold blessing. I want to give her over an abundance. I want to give her pressed down, shaken together and running over. I want to give her that she will not have room enough to contain and receive it. That's what I want to give her. And the only way she's going to get it is be, when she take what little she got. And she bring it to the storehouse. She bring it unto the Lord. When she bring it, I am going to pour her out a blessing that she will not. But if she keep it, that's all she's going to have. Back to the principle. The woman had enough to make a cake just for her and her son. If she kept it and say, sorry, prophet, and make the cake for her and her son, that's all she was going to have. And she was going to die. But because she responded in faith and says, I am going to listen to the man of God and give first to the man of God. She didn't stop eating. You want me to slide in a little thing about that? Listen, listen, how, listen how calculated God is. I wonder why God didn't just fill up many jars and many stuff around her house so she can have and never have to worry about it. Why did God just every day she go back to make food? The cruise was right where it needed to be, and the barrel was right where it needed to be. He never gave her anything over in abundance, but she had every day what she need. I wonder why. I wonder why, because God is just specific. God is so good. You want me to tell you why I think that is? It was famine in that whole land. If they found out the poor little widow had abundance, they probably would have killed her and stole it. God is calculating, church. He doesn't just do stuff just to do it. So he just made sure she had enough for every day she woke up and she was hungry. She had enough just for that day. You remember when the children was in the wilderness and he told them, just take enough food for that day. Why? God is saying, I will supply your need. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Give no thought on what you may eat, what you may drink, or what you will wear. Give no thought on tomorrow for Tomorrow will take care of itself, but you trust in the Lord. You give yourself to Jesus. You look to him every day, and he will supply your need. You don't have to worry about people or situation or man or your job, but look to Jesus, and he will supply your need. Whatever need you have, I don't care if it's healing. I don't care if it's a job. I don't care if it's financial. I don't care if it's a home your children, whatever the need, God will supply your need. God will supply your need. I don't get you doing good right now. You may be doing good in this area, but it's another area that you're going to have to cover yourself and you can't cover all yourself. You need God to cover you. Let's stand. God will supply your need. God will supply your need. Need. 
God will supply your need. God will supply your need. Miss Joy, God will supply your need. Gabrielle, God will supply your need. Izzy, God will supply your need. Jamali, God will supply your need. Michael, God will supply your need. Son, God will supply your need. Matthew, God will supply your need. God will supply your need. Sister Josephine, God will supply your need. Taylor, God will supply your need. Joyce, God will supply your need. You just got to make sure you make him first. Number one, I don't care how you feel. You just say, God, you get the first dibs out of this. I'm not going to be ignorant again and say, what in the world? No, you get the first dibs out of this, God, because I read your word. You make sure you call Jesus to the carpet by saying, I read your word, and I saw what that widow woman did, and she gave to the prophet of God, to the house of God, to God. She gave to him first, then she gave to her family. And so, God, it don't make a whole lot of sense, but I'm going to follow your word in obedience and in faith, and when I do that, I know you will supply my need. I know you will take care of me. Woo! Come on, praise the Lord in this place this morning, this afternoon. Come on and thank him for all his goodness. Thank God for providing all of our need. Thank God because he's so good to us. Thank him because he's gracious. Thank God for he's so loving and kind because God will supply all your need. God will supply all your need. Whatever the need is, God will supply it. Whatever the need is, God will supply it. God will take care of you. God will sustain you. God will supply all your your need. Don't you doubt it. Don't you doubt it, church. God will supply your need. Don't you doubt it. Whatever you need, God will. God will. God will. God will. Somebody receive the word of God in your heart. Receive the word of God in your heart. Receive it. God will take care of your need. God will take care of your need. Just trust him this morning. Just do what he says do. Obey his word. God will supply your need. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name, Jesus. All right, before you go, just worship him for a moment. Before you walk out of this place today, just love the Lord. Just adore him and appreciate him. Thank him today for his provision. Thank him for supplying your need. Thank him for being your source. He is our source. He is not our resources. He is our source. And we thank him today. Somebody, it's time for you to give your life to Jesus. It's time to surrender your life and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. Repent. Christ today. Surrender your life to Christ today. Let him have his way. Let him do what he wants to do in you. Let him heal you. 
Let him restore you. Let him deliver you. Let him set you free. Let him save your soul. Let him uphold you and sustain you. Let him direct you and lead you. He is your source. Let God be the one that will guide you and lead you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, have your way today. Oh, God, we bless your name. We praise your name. There's none like you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Somebody bless him. Somebody bless him. Somebody thank him today. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Give him all your heart. Give him all your mind. Give him your soul and your strength. God loves you. God cares deeply for you. God created you in his very own image. And it's his will that he will explain and reveal to you when you know him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Love the Lord this afternoon. Love him, love him, love him. Oh, yes. Church, I love you. I thank you for just being a part of this service today. Our congregation online, I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm always thinking about you. I look forward to the day when we're all together in one place. And we can walk around and show affection one to another. For God is with us. Oh, God is with us. God is with us, church. God is with us because we are walking with him. Because we're walking in his purpose. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for all the healing today. We thank you for all the healing today. We thank you for all the deliverance today. We thank you for all the restoring that you did today. We thank you, Lord, for supplying all of the need today. We thank you for changing lives, for changing hearts, and for saving in the name of Jesus. God bless you, church. I love you. Have a wonderful afternoon.
Oh. 